here for you to lead us out of Babylon. For I was just a boy when I came here. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise and bring you back to this land. Who are you, old man? I am Daniel. I seek to tell you a story. A tale of four kings. One great, one foolish, one who was deceived, and one who is destined to be regarded as wise for all the ages of the world to come. During those many years, we were living in a foreign land, speaking a foreign language, and living under a foreign king. My king, I've heard of this man. For we Lord are righteous, yet we rebelled against your command. Jerusalem has sinned greatly. As punishment, we shall serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. 70 years is a long time. King's executioner will be in the chamber. If you are found unworthy, you will be executed on the spot. You dare to defy me. Let the furnace be heated sevenfold. Find them and cast them into the fire. The Babylonian way of conquest. You take away the leaders and the rest can easily be governed. Lord God will strike you down like an enemy. Anyone who prays to any god or man shall be thrown into the lion's den. Why did I consult you before passing that accursed law? Take him away! Why has the king issued such a harsh decree? Am I now to kill my most faithful subject? I call upon your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. Hear my plea. Redeem my life. What we need to promise is to always love our God and be obedient to Him. Have faith, my brothers. Welcome to number two of our Daniel series. Today we're going to be talking about Daniel taken to Babylon. The book of Daniel is most remarkable. It is packed with prophecies that flow into modern culture and beyond. Like Daniel, it is unique and supernatural in nature. It records for us the course of the history of the nations from Daniel's day until the end, as stated in Revelation's book. Our study is real, raw, and relevant. I am blessed to be your host and teacher. This series is close to my heart, and I have spent over 40 years preparing for this study. We hope you are blessed. Let's take a look at our table of contents for today. Number one, Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem besieged by Babylon. We'll take some time to break down the details of 
King Nebuchadnezzar coming in after accomplishing one of his greatest wars, being labeled the most powerful man in the world as they saw it during that time. On Nebuchadnezzar's journey back to Babylon, he made a pit stop, and that pit stop was Jerusalem. And he did some very unusual things that literally laid out the outline for Daniel's writings. Number two, the youth taken. Those who were without defect and had to be good looking and preferably from a pure bloodline of the king of Judah. Number three, Daniel taken, along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have some unusual details that we will be revealing today regarding these four men. Finally, number four, Daniel's faithfulness. Because of his faithfulness, God granted him favor for a primary request made to the Lord as they were roping him, capturing him, and taking him to Babylon. Looking at our overview, the Lord gave the king of Judah into Nebuchadnezzar's hand with golden vessels of the house of the Hebrew God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, into the house of Nebuchadnezzar's God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his own temple. And the king spoke unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain Hebrew children from Israel, preferably those who come from their king's seed, and certainly take their princes. Let's review our scriptures for today that you need to study and meditate upon. In your own time, we really recommend for you to study Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. But our key verses for today is verses 8 and 9. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. Looking at the conquest, as history reveals, Nebuchadnezzar set out to capture Jerusalem close to the third year of King Jerochem's reign. And this is the point where our story begins with Daniel. However, the full conquest of Jerusalem was not accomplished until the ninth month of the following year. And that's according to Jeremiah. Both men being correct, the conquest began in the third year and finished in the fourth year of Jehoiakim's rule. God certainly had a plan and purpose. It was his divine plan to make the descendants of Abraham the leading nation of the world. Furthermore, because of the disobedience of the Hebrew people, God turned his people over to Babylon to be disciplined. Remember back in 721 BC when God allowed the ten tribes to be captured by King Ezra. 
This is yet another round. Then he allowed the 70-year captivity of the other two tribes shortly before Nehemiah's rule. God used captivity to ignite the Lord's next step in setting up the Hebrew nation in both cases. And now we have the third. Reviewing Nebuchadnezzar's obsession, after God confused the languages with those working on the Tower of Babel, many nations sprung up, Babylon being the primary. All of them began to strive for world supremacy, particularly Babylon. Out of Noah's three sons, Shem, Japheth, and Ham, Ham and his grandson, Nimrod, was the one who started the rebellious activities that surrounded the Tower of Babel. Fact is that Ham hated his two brothers, particularly Shem, who received the blessing of Noah to become the nation of Israel. Not only that, this nation would be the only nation God would honor. This single blessing became the rhyme and reason for all the battles Israel faced throughout the Old Testament. If you ever need a title for the primary theme of the Old Testament, this is it. Now returning to Nebuchadnezzar's obsession. By the time Daniel, the Babylonian Empire had already consumed the land of Ashra, today Iraq. Pharaoh, Necu, king of Egypt, led a massive army against Babylon, who, Nebuchadnezzar, ruled on the west bank of the Euphrates River. Since Nebuchadnezzar was a powerful young warrior and strategist, he pushed Necu back to Egypt, giving him, Nebuchadnezzar, a reputation of being the most powerful ruler in the world. Problem. Nebuchadnezzar did not return to Babylon after the war empty-handed. He plundered the temple of Jerusalem, stealing the golden vessels. Wait, there's more. He kidnaps Jerusalem's princes of royal blood and those who were most intellectual of the Hebrew young men to transport them to Babylon that they might instruct the Babylon strategists in language and tongue of the Chaldeans, which meant another war is coming. You can read about that war in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 1 through 4. As for Nebuchadnezzar, the Hebrew people were valuable. Even though it took him two years of battle to capture Jerusalem, he was indeed successful. To make things worse, he destroyed the temple and the city, and from that day forward, the Jewish people ceased to exist as an official nation until 1948 A.D. After several years of desolation, God then called Nehemiah to rebuild Jerusalem. Through extreme conflict from the Babylonians, Nehemiah accomplished the task. Although we need to remember that that did not put Israel on the map 
as an official nation, but it certainly was one of the great steps toward that. Reviewing Daniel the eunuch, carefully review our passage. We learned that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were of royal blood, descendants of the godly king Hezekiah. Due to this, these young men were made eunuchs, castrated in the palace of Nebuchadnezzar. And this required them to have Babylonian names. Daniel's name, which meant God is my judge, was changed to Belteshar, and that means whom Bel favors. For most readers of the word, a name change does not seem to be that important. But those of us that understand that a name carries the leader's mission recognizes it has a scheme of Satan to gradually detach Daniel from his land, Hebrew beliefs, as well as God himself, in the hope that this would lead him to the demonic habits and practices of the Babylonians. They didn't count on changing Daniel's name would not change his character. Since Daniel had the favor of the Lord since the day he was taken from Jerusalem, he remained faithful until his death. Now let's review the likeness of Joseph and Daniel. Scriptures make it clear regarding the similarities of Joseph and Daniel. They were like twins in their approach to God and their enemies, including Satan. As Joseph was sold out to Egypt, Daniel was captured by Babylonians. Both were Hebrew, both were prisoners in foreign land, among some of the most ungodly people on earth. Both were dreamers, both understood and made known the interpretations of dreams. Finally, both underwent severe moral testing, and both found victory. Both Joseph and Daniel proved to be a great blessing to the homes in which they lived. Both were promoted to positions of power, honor, and human glory because of their dedication and faithfulness to God, their unwavering character, and their overpowering abilities through God. Bottom line, the success that they experienced and the blessings that were upon them were imparted to them due to their loyalty to God, the God of their fathers, the God whom both of them knew personally. Let's take a look at our summary points. Number one, conquest. Babylon's global conquest. While as Bible readers it's easy for us to put the emphasis upon Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fact is this was all about global power for Babylon. Number two, obsession. Satan himself is obsessed with capturing the people of God. He always starts with a fleshly temptation, and as they're drawn into that temptation, he grabs them and controls them. 
Nebuchadnezzar was the symbol of the Antichrist during that time. Of course, the Antichrist is the representative of Satan himself. Their obsession to destroy God's people is relentless. Number three, eunuch. Men who are made impotent by being castrated. This was a common practice in kingdoms of that day. The primary purpose of making eunuchs was for the king's servants to supervise the women. And of course the king didn't want any temptations getting in the way of these men who were overseeing the women. Although there are other reasons noted in history on why kings made men eunuchs, but the primary being is that the servant would be a hundred percent focused on the king. Number four, Joseph and Daniel. As we just learned, these are twin prophets. But here's a special note you need to keep in mind. They're the only two prophets mentioned in the Bible that escaped moral destruction. In conclusion, Daniel was captured because of his intellect, pure bloodline, and good looks. The first thing Satan attempted to do was ordered him to break his covenant with God, to eat the things of defilement. However, he pleaded with the king's officer to be protected from doing this. And God gave him favor and granted his request. For the average youth today, such a temptation in a king's house would be extremely attractive and appealing. It wouldn't be much of a temptation. Since man's flesh craves the better things in life, Daniel and his three friends, though prisoners, held to their faith. Another fact is anyone who has true faith in God, their mind is not set on earthly things, but rather the things of the living God. Keep in mind, these four young men were placed in the highest positions as servants. They were privileged to sit at the king's table. This was a life position. To sit in the king's court permitted them to enjoy the comforts and luxuries that only a king could provide. For Daniel to be permitted to refrain from eating the king's fine foods, drinking his refined wines, was a miracle. The king's goal was to have happy feet sitting at the table, looking healthy and representing the king in all of his glory. This was the big concern about Daniel not eating the king's food. The deception was, these fine foods is what made you look better and healthier. Daniel wanted to show them that he could stay on the diet that God gave him, which basically was a vegetarian diet, and still maintain a healthy look for the king. Daniel and his friends knew that the king's commands were against the Hebrew God they served. Through their God-sized character and respect for authority, King Nebuchadnezzar found a quality in these young men that were not only rare, but pleasant. As prisoners of the king's country, 
they would be expected to adopt the pagan habits, beliefs, or lose the favor of Nebuchadnezzar, and then be put to death. But miraculously, their integrity did the opposite. Our lesson is a powerful example of the power of appealing to governing authorities versus resisting through rebellion. Remember that Nebuchadnezzar was considered the Antichrist of his day, totally manipulated and managed by Satan himself. However, through the years of consistent respect, God used Daniel to impact the heart of an enemy king, to become, later, the only man the king loved and respected. Our story regarding Daniel is nothing short of a miraculous journey of how God works in the hearts of man through respect. Coming up next, number three, refusing defilement. Even though we mentioned this in our series episode today, we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about choosing between man and God knowing the risks of saying no to a man and authorities, eating things sacrificed to idols. As an example, there's a difference between eating refined food versus food that has been offered to other gods. Daniel knew the difference. Finally, we'll discuss Daniel was a man of extraordinary character. We all know that Many people have good character. However, Daniel mirrored the character of the living God. And this is how he became a vessel for God to lead Nebuchadnezzar to God. So we'll chat more about that. It is a blessing to have you join us today. We understand that you have a myriad of choices regarding what you view and listen regarding teachers online and off. Thank you for choosing us today. We consider it an honor to serve you with the Word of God. Our eschatology series does have a goal. We plan to bring you the Old Testament prophecies through the major and minor prophets, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and many others. Our passion is to bring you prophecies that unfold the modern-day prophecies that you and I are seeing all around us today. So thank you for being with us. Until next time.